This is the Olive Wellness Podcast, brought to you by the Olive Wellness Institute. Welcome to this episode of Olive Wellness Podcast. I'm Chris Ashmore. For three years now, the Olive Wellness Institute has proudly helped promote and disseminate the growing body of health-related evidence for olive products. This podcast is part of that initiative, where listeners can hear firsthand from a range of international health and nutritional experts discussing the health benefits of extra virgin olive oil, olive leaf extract, and other products of the olive tree. Normally, Sarah Gray is on this side of the microphone as host of the podcast, but this episode, the tables are turned so that I can ask her to reflect on the past three years since the Institute's foundation. Sarah, welcome. To start with, remind us, what's your role at the Institute? Yeah, sure, Chris. So I'm actually the general manager of the Olive Wellness Institute. Originally, back two and a half years ago, I was the only person who worked at the Institute. So (laughs) I used to say I was the general manager of just of myself. But since then, it's really evolved. And now there's a, a full team. So very, very lucky to lead the team and to try and coordinate everything that we do across the Institute. Fantastic. Well, why was it first developed and launched? Yeah, so this is a really interesting story. When I first joined the Institute, one of our biggest, or the theory to develop the Institute, the biggest thing we knew was that in nutrition science, there's so many myths and so many misunderstandings and also a lot of confusion. So if you're an interested consumer and you want information about how can I be healthier or what foods should I eat to improve my chances of being slimmer or not having diabetes or other conditions, what should I do? And when you do that research for yourself and take a look, you get a whole raft of information served back up to you. And unfortunately, not much of that is really well evidence-based information. So things like fad diets or different types of dietary trends like paleo or keto diets or the 5-2 diet, all that which have their own levels of evidence, seem to dominate the area of nutrition science. And we knew as nutrition scientists ourselves and having extensive background in olives and olive oil, we knew that the evidence around the Mediterranean diet and dietary pattern stemmed way longer through history than some of these newer dietary patterns. Even if we look at areas like Icaria in Greece or Sardinia in Italy, these are some of the populations that have got the longest lifespans in the entire world. And we know that that's not only anecdotal, but also rich through publications and randomized controlled trials. So we thought, what can we do about that? We can sit on our hands and get really frustrated that the olive science is not being communicated or we can actually go out there and do something about it. So we developed the Institute to become a resource or a a category resource to kind of build up the knowledge and information about olive science to consumers, to health professionals, to health interested people, personal trainers, fitness coaches, anyone that wanted to know. So that A, we shared the credible science with them and that was curated in a way to make sure it was credible science. And that be those people could then get that information and share it to other people that might follow them. And then that be a really positive onflow of information. So it's a bit of a long story, but we sort of saw a lot of different diets getting their moment in the spotlight. And what we know, even if you look at Google trends or history, 
the Mediterranean diet sort of just sits very standard and very constant throughout history. Everyone always knew it was healthy and we've just put the spotlight on it a bit more and said to people, hang on, consider this when you're thinking about a healthy dietary pattern. Makes sense. Now, you did mention that it has grown since you first started. Who are the key people at the Institute? Yeah, so we're very, very fortunate that we've got an amazing advisory panel. So they're really the heart and soul of the Institute. Nothing that we do, say, or all of our principles are run through them. Most of them on there are the founding advisory panel members as well. So they've been with us since February 2018 when we launched the Institute. So they've been there for a while now. And they set up the sort of mission, the vision, and the way that we operate, so our ethos. So Professor Catherine Itziopoulos is our chair, and she's just a wonderful professor in nutrition and dietetics with a very rich history of studies and research and leadership in the Mediterranean diet space. She's just released a new book last week called The Heart Health Guide, which is a fantastic new book delivered to consumers around Mediterranean diet and heart health and some wonderful recipes from her and her research team. We've also got a number of other panel members. I'll spotlight a couple of them and talk to more of them later on. But we've also got people like Professor Mary Flynn or Dr. Mary Flynn, who's from Brown University in the US. And Mary has spent her life researching extra virgin olive oil, and she really looks at applying that in a cancer space. So helps with people that are recovering from breast cancer or experiencing cancer and going through treatments, so helps them with a dietary approach and had wonderful success with using anti-inflammatory diets, including extra virgin olive oil. And then we've got another wonderful doctor. They're all amazing, but we've got Dr. Simon Poole. Some of you would have heard him speak throughout this series. He's a wonderful, passionate general practitioner from the United Kingdom. And I've actually never met somebody who's so passionate about olive oil. And believe me, I've actually met a lot of people who love olive oil, but this guy really takes the cake. He's just so passionate. He actually goes up to people on the street and tells them how much he loves extra virgin olive oil. (laughs) And his patients are very lucky to have him as their GP. So there's a lot of other panel members. I could spend the whole 20 minutes talking about them and I'll bring some of them into the conversation, but they're the heart and soul. And then we've got myself, who sort of oversees the Institute, and then Abby, who's our naturopath, currently on maternity leave, but Abby's a huge advocate and a very, very important part of the Institute. And then we have other people like Jackie Plaza, who's our dietitian, and a whole bunch of other health and wellness professionals. So you can actually see, if you look at our homepage under our expert libraries, everybody that's there has in some way, shape or form contributed to who the Institute is today. And those names you've mentioned have all been at one time or other on the podcast, so maybe a good idea for listeners to go back, if they haven't already, to listen to their words of wisdom. Yeah, definitely. Well, you've done a lot in the last few years, Sarah. What would you say are some of the key achievements in that time? Yeah, I thought about this question and I thought I could go on forever. So I'm going to choose some broad things to talk about. One is curating the institute and getting it together and having all that wonderful science in one spot, which was our biggest goal, that people could just go there and access it. And two would be our work with Hort Innovation. So that's probably the biggest achievement that I think we've managed to achieve, if you like. We started as an institute with a little bit of industry funding and a little bit of stuff we could do with that amount of money and reach. And then 
because Hort had available tenders for olive growers and we were successful at getting one of those tenders, they've been very, very generous and given us more funds and resources to be able to spread the knowledge wider and farer. So without the Hort funds, the Institute wouldn't be as big as it is. And in fact, we probably wouldn't even have this podcast that we've had for the past little while as well. So that's probably the biggest highlight in my mind. And I think we'll talk to some of the key resources later, but they're probably the two biggest things that resonate for me. What about some of the major learnings? Yeah, and there's been a lot along the way. And probably the biggest one for me was I sort of maybe a bit naive thought if we put this amazing institute together, which it is, with all this wonderful information, somehow magically all these people would just start coming to it. <laughs> But unfortunately, in this modern day, it's silly of me to think like that, but in this modern day and all the different things with the Google and the way you have to attract people, you have to do a lot to get people to actually understand that this wealth of knowledge is there. So I was a bit fearful at the beginning when I thought, well, wow, I've got this amazing institute. Is anyone going to visit this institute? So I've learned a lot about the ways that we can talk to people and use different tools available to us to direct consumers and health professionals to this really great content. And biggest learning is that you need to continually review that. So if you want to have a great resource and you have lots of information on there, you also need to back that up with all the other underlying things that enable people to see that it exists through search engine optimization or through promotion through social media. So it's important that you don't just have one massive resource that sits there because that's when things become redundant. So that's the biggest learning for me. What would you say is your favourite resource? And yeah. there's a lot of resources on the, with yeah. the Institute. What's your favourite? Yeah. Oh, there's a few. So I'm going to pick two, if that's all right. <laughs> My absolute favourite is the oil comparison chart, which has just been released. And Jackie did a wonderful podcast episode for us recently on this. It's such a work in progress. Abby, Jackie and the team put a wealth of time and knowledge and effort into this. And it's a great resource. We really wanted when we first started the Institute for a person, a doctor, a consumer, anybody to go on the website and say, how does extra virgin olive oil compare to all these different oils and get an answer served up to them pretty quickly. We've developed the first version of that. It is still probably a little bit too technical maybe for some people to digest quickly, but we're learning a lot and we'll have further iterations of that. So I'm really proud. Um, there's a fair bit of work behind that. So that's the oil comparison tool. And then the second thing that I think is great is the systematic literature review that we put together. So it's really easy to find that just on the homepage about halfway down, there's a picture of a human body and you can kind of just hover over any area of the body and it serves up to you a summary of the most recent literature on that area. So for example, if you hover over the heart, you can have a look at a big file and also a really nice summary file that's quite visual that talks about what are all the evidence files or publications that have talked about can extra virgin olive oil and a Mediterranean diet reduce blood pressure or does it have an impact on cholesterol? And you can check that for 10 different areas. So whether it's for, for the heart or also could be for the gut, it could be for the skin, it could be for any area of the body and you just hover over that. So I'm really proud of that very practical tool as well. Well, that's a lot of things that the Institute has done. What about the future, Sarah? What are some of the upcoming things to look out for? Yeah, so we're very fortunate. Our first round of funding with Hort Innovation commenced in about April of 2018 and finished up sort of towards the beginning of this year. 
We're very fortunate that they've also opened up a second round of that tender. So we've now secured ongoing funding until March of 2023. So we're going to be around for a bit longer, which is exciting. And in that next round of three years, there's so much that's going to come. So some of the really exciting things, I'll pinpoint a few. One is we're creating a virtual taste testing or sensory kit. So you'll be able to download the resources and order a kit and be able to do a sensory experience for either a school group or your friends and family or for patients and show them how actually you can identify a good quality Australian and high quality extra virgin olive oil because we know a lot of the olive oils that consumers are buying aren't necessarily meeting that extra virgin grade and it needs to meet that grade to be extremely beneficial for health. So we're doing that. So we hope to launch that within the next sort of 12 to 18 months. And the really exciting one, which is going to come right at the tail end of that 2023, but watch this space, is an extra virgin olive oil documentary. So we're actually going to go through and have a look at how is it made and make that a very fun and engaging exercise so that it can be watched by all different types of people. I think one of the biggest things I've learned from my time in this industry is when you go to a supermarket and you buy extra virgin olive oil or any product that's on the shelf but it's come from a farm, you realise once you're in the industry how much time, effort, love and care goes into the production of that. So if you'd asked me five or six years ago, what do you think about olive oil? I would have said it's a really healthy dietary fat. Everyone should have it. If you ask me now, I'd say it's literally the juice of the olive fruit. There's farmers that are caring for those olives, making sure the olives don't get bruised, watching them every part of the journey, even from planting the tree through to making sure once they're in the bottle, they're beautiful. So I hope that the documentary can showcase that so more people can understand the full process of extra virgin olive oil production. Absolutely. Now, for listeners who want to stay connected with OWI, what do they do? Yes, yeah, so heaps of ways to do that. The best way is to subscribe to our newsletter. So we just send a really nice collated group of information at the beginning of each month. So if you want to do that, it's really easy on the homepage, top right-hand side, just click subscribe. And there's lots of other ways too. So we've got social media, Instagram and Facebook, so you can keep in touch with us that way as well. We'll always announce any new awards or prizes or activities that we're doing. Recently, we've just released some of the new research that we've published. So the research we published was around olive leaf extract, and it was really cutting edge research that Ian Breakspear has spoken a little bit about on this podcast channel. And the research looked at sort of identifying good quality olive leaf products and making sure that you choose one that's, you know, made in a really reputable way as well. So there's that kind of thing. If you want to know about that, our social media channel is probably the best way to stay contacted and then, yep, subscribing as well. Well, the very last question, Sarah, not only for this episode but for the season, and the question we often ask is, Can you cook with extra virgin olive oil? (laughs) I just love that. I love we probably started the season with that question and we're going to end the season with that question. And we do plan to come back with future seasons, so don't worry too much. (laughs) Absolutely. You can cook with extra virgin olive oil. I was just speaking to actually Catherine Itziopoulos just before this call and I said to her, it just never seems to go away. Her new book talks about it. Yesterday, I had three people that I know in my friendship group ask me, can you cook with it? And it's just, it goes around and around. And I think we just have to keep pushing the message. You can cook with it because extra virgin olive oil, as I said before, is the juice of the olive fruit. So really, it's just the olive fruit crushed and that goodness is in the bottle. 
And why it's actually very good to heat and cook with is because it has a very healthy fat profile. We call them monounsaturated fats, but they're just fats that don't break down very much when they're cooked or when they're heated. They're very stable. So together with that, plus all the wonderful extra virgin olive oil antioxidants that protect the oil when heated, make it just actually the perfect oil for cooking with. We've got research all through the Institute to show it doesn't actually break down and cause any harmful compounds. It's perfectly safe and suitable to cook with. And the most wonderful part of the story is not only is it good to cook with, it's desirable to cook with it because it makes vegetables taste better, salads taste better, all food tastes better. Now, can you imagine having a salad or boiling some broccoli and not actually adding extra virgin olive oil? You can try if you like to see the difference in taste, but it's just phenomenal. So it also contributes to increasing vegetable consumption, which we know is quite low when we look at the National Nutrition Survey, which is quite old, but we know people don't eat enough fruit and veggies in this country. So it's just a wonderful oil and I do recommend that you cook with it. Sarah Gray, thank you. That ends this episode of Olive Wellness Podcast. To learn more about the nutrition, health and wellness benefits of olives and olive products, please visit the Olive Wellness Institute website at olivewellnessinstitute.org. Till next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.